Have you guys actually heard about the new show? Have you heard about this? It's called Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah, I heard it's unreal. It's an eight-episode limited series only on Hulu. Starring and executive produced by Academy Award winner Reese Witherspoon and Golden Globe nominee Kerry Washington. Oh, I actually did see this on Good Morning America because they were promoting it. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I love both of them together. Um, that's exciting. And now it's good for me to know that I can watch the first three episodes, March 18th, and new episodes every Wednesday only on Hulu. Wait, this actually sounds really good. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Hey, I'm Joe Levy. And on the latest episode of Inside the Studio... I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Wind Down with Jana Kramer and Michael Cawson, an iHeartRadio and People's Choice Award-nominated podcast. Is it like a full moon or something, or did it just happen? It just happened. Oh, that's right, because we were looking at it, and I was saying, moon up, sundown, because <laughs> that's what our daughter says. Moon up, sundown. It's nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to bring a little personality here, but <laughs> I, lo- all right. I love it. It's okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I'll let you start. No, I was seeing where that was going. I was just saying because we've having we're having technical difficulties. Oh today. yeah, yeah. You know, Very I just speaking of moons, um, and I felt really stupid about this, but it was until I had kids that I realized that the moon and the the moon does its own thing. Like when right? I, I always thought the sun gets up in the daytime, moon's up at night. But right. then my kids were like, "Why is the moon out? It's three in the afternoon." Like, I don't know. I'm going to look into this, and the moon just does its own thing. It goes up and down whenever it feels like going up and down. It turns out. I know, and that's always what I was kind of telling Jolie, too. I was like, well, technically the moon's always up, but it's her way of... Saying it's nighttime. Yeah, saying it's nighttime. Sure. But she doesn't realize that it's up during the day. So I feel like when she does see it, she's going to be like, wait, what? During the day, if she ever sees... Like, I'm trying to, like, point it out to her so that she can realize, like, technically there's stars and the moon are both out. And we're going to have to answer those questions. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe it took me till age 38 to know that about the moon. That seems like basic information. Don't say you're 38, Mark. Come on. I we mean, I was when I found out. I'm a little older than that now. <laughs> all right, Michael, since our, since uh, Mark and I don't have very interesting conversation, what would you like to talk about? I didn't, it, just, it just took me for a surprise. Okay. That's well, all. I'll let you no, take it from no, here. No, that's great. I'm excited for our guest today. You are? Yeah, I awesome. am. Because I want to talk about, you know, Busy Phillips just came out with an article recently about her considering divorcing her husband because she felt like she did everything. Mm-hmm. You and I have had discussions about this on podcasts, on you know live podcast shows that we've done when we toured. We've talked about ourselves on divvying up home responsibilities and feeling like we either do less or more, or whatever it is. Yeah, I feel like it's so we've like talked it out though. But she's written a book about it. She's. A specialist about this and has a whole kind of scientific process behind it well then i'm interested to hear the scientific part of it because so many people even after we've talked about it they're like uh jana's whiny like of course moms do the the laundry but it doesn't have to be that stereotype oh 
<laughs> says the man that's like, <laughs> well, that's what women do. When did I ever say that? With the kids stuff. I'm just saying you guys just take charge on some things. Yeah, it's because, okay. Because <laughs> well, it would be such a mess if it wasn't. But again, we've talked about this at least five times on the podcast already. But this is great because she's the Marie Kondo, they say, of marital responsibility. She can fix these problems. But there is a, a chicken and egg element of it. Like, does the wife do everything because the husband's lazy? Or does the wife yes. do everything because she needs it done a certain way and he's only going to screw it up? I think it's both. Yeah. I truly do. Because I don't think they care enough to do it mm. the right way. Mm-hmm. And they don't think care they care enough. Yeah, I think I don't think you care or like you're lazy and you don't care enough. It's kind of both. That's kind of harsh. Well, I mean, I think a lot of wives would agree with me. It's really aggressive. I'm sorry. Lazy and we don't care. No, I'm saying like I think that's how your persona like comes off with it. That's y'all's perception, maybe. Okay. But again, so because we don't do it the way you want, it's. Well, not the right again, way. Again, no, it's not that it's the right way. It's just like you guys would let the laundry fill up to like the top and then still not do the kids' laundry or put it away the right way or put it away at all and just like let it just kind of sit on the dresser until it goes back down to the bottom. Like um, like the top of the dresser, not actually in the dresser. <laughs> it's like, you know, you actually can put the clothes. It's like you're laying it on the dresser. You don't, you know. So it's just, I just, I think there's a combination of both. But again, we don't care about the garage. But again, I don't know. So that's kind of, I guess, the, where it goes stereotype there. Because we don't, we could give two craps about the garage. You know? Mm, you care about the garage. Well, I do because it's still a mess and I want to clean it up. But I'm like, no, it's your domain. Like, I want to go and organize the thing that you said was going to organize our garage and it still looks like a mess. Right. And it's one of those things, it's it's on the list, but it's how many other things do we have that's on the, on the priority list? Where if I was out there doing that, you'd be like, why are you doing this right now when... You should be doing this. Doing what? Whatever. Something else. I feel like you'll, you guys would find something else that's more important to maybe you hmm. to take away from what we're doing. I just, again, I think it's just like priorities, you know. But it's, in, well, I'm very interested to now talk to her since she has a, a hopefully a method to the madness. Is she, in, is she there yet, Mark? She is. Um, but before we bring her in, how are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, we're great. Could we maybe get a little update on how life's been for you two? Well, I'm not. I, I was out on the boat last week. So I think, you know, if he wants to say anything, he can say anything. But I was like, blah, 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 last week. And then I just got a few. Uh-huh. So if you want to say something, you totally can. Uh, what, you said something the other day that, that made a real point. When you said something, it kind of triggered me into getting quiet. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, the second that I told you about the articles is when you sh- completely just oh, that's shut right. down. That's right. Because, yeah, I get like that sometimes when I feel like that is being used against me. Like what people are saying, that bothers me, that triggers me. But, you know, still, I didn't handle it the best last week and I was angry and I was bitter and I just kind of let everything get under my skin, um, which usually I don't when it comes to outside uh, information or people or tabloids or whatever that don't matter in a relationship. Um, but ultimately, you know, I'm sorry for how I handled the situation. I'm sorry that Jana had to feel what she had to feel and that it was so triggering. And, you know, it's one of those things that it just, you know, I handled it poorly and it sucks that something that seems so simple was so difficult to do, but Jana and I are in a much better place now and continue to process it and handle it. But yeah, we're doing way better. 
You know why we're also doing way better? Is because we're sleeping really nice. Yeah, we are. In our bed. And why is that, honey? With our Brooklyn and sheets. Mm. Uh, the other day I was doing laundry, <laughs> of course, <laughs> and I was separating the laundry and I was making sure that I separated because somehow the Brooklyn and sheets got on the guest bed sheets. And the other day you were like, why are the Brooklyn sheets on? I'm like, well, I think they're in the guest room. Mm-hmm. So when our guests left, I made sure I did the laundry and then separated them to make sure that our sheets were then swapped out with those sheets because I think of those things. Um, Brooklyn and sheets are awesome. They were the winner of the best of online bedding by Good Housekeeping Magazine and they have over 35,000 five-star reviews, um, more than any other online bedding company. So their mission is to make comfortable luxury sheets, towels, bedding, and more without the luxury markup. Um, again, these are our favorite sheets. Honest, hand to God, um, we love them. Most bedding, by the way, is marked up by um, for as much as 300%. So not Brooklinen. They were the first direct-to-consumer bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. Um, so yeah, we love our Brooklinen sheets. And for our listeners, you get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code JANA at brooklinen.com. They're also so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, towels come with a lifetime warranty. So the only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code JANA at brooklinen.com. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code Janin. Brooklyn and these really truly are the best sheets ever. Own iconic luxury items at unreal value with The Real Real, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. Shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion and streetwear, as well as fine jewelry, watches, art, and home decor. Yeah, and new arrivals, they come in daily, and every item undergoes the real world's very meticulous... Brand-specific authentication process overseen by 100-plus experts, including luxury brand authenticators, gemologists, and horologists. Shop luxury the sustainable way at their newest location in Union Square, San Francisco. You can also go online, download the app, or visit one of the original stores in New York or West Hollywood in LA. Honestly, the realworld.com has been great for us. Um, I know Mike found a watch the other day on there. I, I found a few shoes yeah i saw some emails for over my birthday for my birthday presents jana was going on there for uh, yeah i'm all about the deal so whether you shop in store online or the app get 20 percent off select items with promo code real that's the real promo code real for 20 percent off select items do you want to own iconic luxury items at unreal values yes <laughs> well then go to the real real the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers designers like louis vuitton gucci rolex cartier and hundreds more at up to 90 percent off of retail prices honestly the real has been great for us um i know mike found a watch the other day on there I, I found a few shoes yeah i saw some emails for, over my birthday for my birthday presents jana was going on there for uh, yeah i'm all about the deal so whether you shop in store online or the app get 20 percent off select items with promo code real that's the real real.com promo code real for 20 percent off select items okay super excited uh, mike and i both are very excited about this we have eve rodsky All in right. studio hi hi how are you <laughs> great i'm so excited to be here i'm so excited to have you can we just just go right into it because it's kind of been the Great age debate, great old age debate Yeah, we <laughs> for <guess>. all generations. <laughs> um, first off, though, are you married? I'm married with three children, You're ages 11, three? 8, and 3. Okay, perfect. Wow. So that like right there kind of seals your, authentic- your, uh, authenticity. your authenticity on it. Because I'm like, okay, if she's not married, like no. this girl, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like because 15 years of marriage, three children okay. sobbing on the side of the road over a text my husband sent me that just said, I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. So I've been in it. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. So start from the beginning. You know, why did you write this book? Um, what was your, like, what was your reasoning behind it? Was it just to not make other wives feel alone or is it just kind of the scientific part behind of it? Both, both. Um, but it really did start with my own personal story of getting a, a text after my second son, Ben was born seven years ago, eight years ago that said, I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. And you can picture the scene. I had a breast pump and a diaper bag on my passenger seat. I had gifts for uh, re- to return from a new baby because stores give you like one day return policy um, in the back seat. I have a client contract on my lap mm-hmm. with like a pen sort of poking me in the vagina as I'm trying to <laughs> write, mark up a contract at every red traffic light stop on the way to pick up my second son who's two years and eight months at his toddler transition program, which in America lasts like again, 10 minutes because we really value working parents here in America. And so um, even though I was going to be late to pick up Zach, when the text came in, I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. I just pulled over to the side of the road and I started sobbing. And -hmm. I was thinking, well, what I was really thinking was, shit, if my marriage is going to end, it should be over. Something way more dramatic. (laughs) No, like, you know, maybe like an affair with an NFL player or something better for me. But um, what I was really thinking was, how did I become the default for every single household and childcare tasks? Women do two thirds, two thirds of what it takes to run a home and family, regardless of whether we work outside the home, mm-hmm. a statistic that I was living at the time, but didn't even know about. Yes. Interesting. I hear you. And I, I share all that weight. I feel like that's every day for Jana. Oh, I know. Like I mean, I'm mean, described truly. And I was like, yep. It's like, and he, he kind of mocks me sometimes. He's like, you're carrying 10 things, got a kid. You're on the phone doing a business call. You're, you know, cleaning up whatever. And then it's like, you know, he's still working on that one task. Right. That's that, that is where I was. And I will say that, um, blueberries guy is the, um, most amazing man now he's holding all of the cards that's the fair play metaphor while i've been on this book tour and our relationship is completely transformed but it was this is not a memoir i wrote fair play not as a memoir once that happened when i was sobbing on the side of the road i decided to go on a quest to find a solution for domestic rebalance and the good news is is i've read every single article and book on this topic of what's called second shift emotional labor, mental load, invisible work. And not only that, I went out and interviewed 500 men and women that mirrored mirrored the U.S. census in terms of socioeconomic status and ethnicity. And the good news for fair play and the bad news for society is it's happening to women everywhere, couples everywhere. is, Is it unbalanced because we do it to ourselves? It's a great question. I think there. what I found, my biggest finding was that the smallest details were causing the biggest problems. And so even though Fair Play sort of started as my love letter to women, it ended up as my love letter to men. I had men all over the country telling me things like they were locked out of their home over a glue stick. I had a man in White Plains literally telling me that he was deciding, does he drive into New York City and get a hotel room? Is his wife going to calm down? Does he get let back in his home? 
And from her perspective, I found out later, she'd been working for three weeks on a homework Mm -hmm. project Mm -hmm. besides working full time. And all she needed was to glue the Albert Einstein photos (laughs) on the poster board. And her husband couldn't even bring home a glue stick. But that seems just disrespectful. Well, I actually look at it from the male perspective, because what I call in the book, I call that a rat F. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse here, (laughs) but the, the rat F, the rat four letter word F is the random assignment of a task. And so all over this country, men were getting screwed with rats. Pick up the glue stick. Go mm. to the store for me. Go um, go take the kid to the birthday party. Without like having assistant. any address. An assistant. Yeah. New York Times came out with an article said that the only way to get men to do more is to train them. And I had a man say, I'm not a dog. Right. Right. So I, this has became my love letter to men because I realized this is not working for either of us. It's not working for me to be sobbing on the side of the road and feeling overwhelmed. But it was also not working for men. They wanted to know their role in the home. For sure. And so that's that's where it came from. And it's interesting, too, because I feel like when it's something like the example you used, Eve, about the glue stick, it's for maybe in our perspective, like I can understand like how that would be so impactful if that's all they ask for. Maybe, you know, some women don't ask a lot of their husbands and the one thing they ask them to do, they can't do. I get the importance of that, but also being on the receiving side of it, sometimes that would feel unfair because then it puts all this weight into this singular, seemingly yes. insignificant task. That's like, Oh wait, what? How do you yes. and now all of a sudden I don't love you. I don't care about you. I disrespect <laughs> you because I didn't get a glue stick. I think that's so beautiful the way you just articulated that because that's what I was hearing from men everywhere. So I'll give you really the the core of the fair play system, right? The core of the fair play system, what I found is if we treat our home like an organization with some respect and rigor, the way we treat our workplace, everything changes. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Mustard, back to what you were saying about the glue stick. Mustard. Somebody needs to know in your household that your second son, Johnny, only eats protein when he dips it in French's yellow mustard. That's what I call conception. Then somebody writes it down on a list when it looks going low in the refrigerator, along with the other groceries for the week. That's planning. Then somebody gets their butt to the store, or has to get their butt to the store to actually purchase the yellow mustard. That's execution. And all over the country, what I found is that's when men are stepping in. And that's a serious problem. Because you always bring home spicy Dijon. You just do. And I asked you for yellow mustard. And so men all over the country were saying things to me like, well, I'm not going to go back to the store because I can't do anything right. Yeah. Whereas women were saying to me, you're asking me, Eve, to trust them with my living will, my partner with my living will. He can't even bring home the right type of mustard. So as a mediator, I like to say the presenting problem is never the real problem. This is not about mustard or glue sticks. It's about trust and ownership and expectations. So what happens when you handle the full mustard situation from conception to planning to execution? Then you know what mustard to get. And so my entire book, Fair Play, is all about the fact that 50-50 is the wrong equation. When we can move to an understanding that it's not about 50-50 because that's scorekeeping, but it's about ownership. Own the full mustard situation and things start to change really quickly. Mm-hmm. What else have you seen from a um, scientific 
background part of it? Like, is there anything that's to be said about, you know, that men truly can only do one thing at once or they have to have their one task? Kind of like my husband says, he's like, you know, he focuses on one thing and one thing only. Okay, great. I love that you asked about the science. So the biggest finding that I found, the biggest finding, which is the core of the whole fair play system, is an expectation and understanding from my research. And then I'll tell you about the actual science, you know, the real um, time, you know, time journaled psychology and sociology. But what I found was that men, women and society view men's time as finite like diamonds, and women's time is infinite, like sand. Now, I just said men, women, and society. So we can understand, okay, men all over were saying things to me like, I don't have time. I don't have time, but my wife has time. So yes, we can understand for men. But the biggest problem that I found was that women also don't value their time. Mm -hmm. So women all over the country were saying things to me like, oh, of course I should go get the mustard, pick up the extra slack, pick up my kids from school because my husband makes more money than me. Not true. Other women were saying to me, I do this because I'm a better multitasker. I'm wired differently and my husband can or my partner can only handle one thing at a time. I went to the top neuroscientists in this country. There is no science that has ever proven that women are better multitaskers or are wired differently. Actually, one said to me off the record, which I'm going to use here, but I can't quote him. (laughs) He said to me, imagine you can convince half the population that they're wired better to wipe asses and do dishes. You can convince them that they're better at wiping asses and doing dishes. Well, guess what? Maybe we'll end up with a Forbes list that just came out last month that has 100 CEOs on it and 99 of them are men. So no science to prove that we're wired differently, that men can only focus on one task at a time. Um, And then other women were saying to me, in the time it takes me to tell him what to do, I might as well do it myself. 100%. I think that's... So I went to... Yes. Which I I understand, but where I know Jana and I come into, run into like obstacles with that is, well, don't hold it against me or you know as as speaking from all men don't hold it against us if it's something that you just said you just rather do absolutely and i went to the top behavioral economist in this country his name is dan arielli he's a best selling author and i said to him does that make sense he said if you look in the long term the long term it makes no sense to say that mm-hmm. because that's short term thinking long term you actually do tell the other person with some context how to do something or how you want to invite them to the table because then it saves you hours and hours in the future. But women weren't thinking that way. My favorite was when women said to me, um, yeah, we're both colorectal surgeons. We're both shipping supervisors, but my husband's busy and I can find the time. Well, see, and that's what the time thing is what I kind of wanted to bring up because I feel like that's where we have some of our biggest struggle. Even just when we were first talking on the podcast today, it was like, He's like, well, when do we have time? And in my head, I'm like, there's there's so much time to do a lot of things. It's about prioritizing that. And it's not like, and so I think that's like where my frustration comes in as a wife in this relationship is just like, you're, you don't, you can make the time for anything. Correct. And women do. But what women were saying were that they can find time and men couldn't. So the problem is we have to value our own time. 
Mm. We have to believe, society has to believe that women get as much choice over how they use their time as men do. Men, according to Professor Darby Saxby, um, a psychologist out of USC that helped me with um, consulting for the book, shows that in her leisure time studies, men take twice as much leisure time than women. Well, that's what also I was going to say, too. It's not I don't know if it's like I, I get the leisure, but I also like when my husband and this is no fault because he wants to do the most research, but it's like it takes so much longer to get to the result that I'm like, <laughs> I could have told you that 30 minutes ago, but you're like skimming. Through. I'm like, just so it's like it takes a longer like they really want to like look. And it's funny because like he'll make fun of his you know, dad for instructions, like, but you're doing the exact same thing <laughs> that your father's doing. For sure. And, and I'm, I'm meticulous. And I think, but that, that again, it's like, then we're faulted just because we don't do it you. the way that you, maybe you do it. Well, we're not faulting you, but we also know that there's still so much more to do and you're taking your time longer on something when it's like, it's right in front of you. But the truth is because back to the wiping asses and doing dishes, um, we, we, we're not better at it. We're not multi- better multitaskers, but we have had more experience doing it for mm-hmm. whatever reason, right? The hundred years of whatever you want to call the stuff that's, uh, you know, patriarch, whatever we're going to call it. I like to focus on solutions and say, I'm happy you're being thorough and taking your time to do that as long as we're negotiating and understanding what we have ownership over. But the problem with women and not seeing the problem with women, I'm definitely not shaming women. I love women. This fair play is my love letter to women. But what I found again in my research was that women love to give feedback in the moment which is very unhelpful in terms of um yeah for long-term thinking in the house so don't do it that way or why Mm -hmm. are you taking so long to do this or figure it out Mm -hmm. right women also were saying things to me like i can't sit down to have a 20-minute conversation about the home i don't have the time Mm -hmm. so they were almost saying that i don't want to explain this right in the time it takes me to tell him he should be able to figure it out But the problem with that is that also doesn't work too. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is we don't communicate or we end up sobbing over blueberries or we lock our husbands out over glue sticks (laughs) and or women say to me, I don't want to talk about these things. One woman said that to me. I don't want to talk about these things. But the funny thing is 20 minutes later in our interview, she (laughs) says to me, oh, when my husband forgets to put the the laundry in the dryer, I dump it on his pillow. (laughs) That's funny. Another woman literally said to me, I don't have conversations about domestic life, but then I found out she has an Instagram account called the shit my husband doesn't pick up. <laughs> um, I don't think people would believe me, but a good news is BuzzFeed just came out with the Japanese version. I guess a woman in Japan started the shit my husband doesn't pick up and uh, she has now 500,000 followers. Wow. So are we, should we publicly shame our, our partners? Should we be dumping stuff on their pillows, locking no. them out of the house? And then Mike, Mike made a great point too the other day. Is like there, there's certain things too that I overlook because I don't think they're important. Correct. So it's, so, I don't think. Absolutely. Yeah. So but no, it's about values. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about values. But when we're communicating in the moment, when, we're, when emotion is high, cognition is low. That's what I say as a mediator. We're, a lot of times we're communicating when emotion is high. So I'm asking people to change their habits, to sit down once a week and actually talk about things when you're calm. And that's really what Fair Play is all about. It gives you the tools to have these conversations over the home. But then I make it fun because I give you a card game. So I have my book here for you. Yeah, can you give us oh, an awesome. example of something yes. that you would do to, to be able for us to communicate? Okay, so I'll give you an example. Um, when I first started this, the Fair Play system, I... 
it's it's based on a hundred card card game that represents every single thing you have to do in your home. And it started with a foray into every other book and article I told you about that I read on the subject. And the most helpful, the most unhelpful were things like divorce is the only solution to this problem or strike. But the more helpful things said make a list. So I made the best list of anybody in the whole world because I'm an organizational management specialist that ended up with 98 tabs and 20 subtabs of invisible work, over a thousand items of invisible work, such things like medical and healthy living where I had friends say, you forgot sunscreen. And I'd say, nope, that's under tab number 72. You obviously don't know how to use Excel. Scroll to the right. <laughs> it had things like, oh, you forgot allowance. And I say, nope, it's under, it's there under tab 55 under family values and traditions. The craziest spreadsheet you've ever seen. I name it the shit I do spreadsheet. It goes viral amongst groups of women realizing at the time that lists alone don't work. So from that, I derived a card game. Out of that list, over a um, three-year period, I tested a card game that's working. And I'll give you an example. One of the cards is garbage. And like I said before, it's about ownership. So I said to my husband, you're going to be the conceiver, planner, and executor of garbage, which means liners go back in, they go out before trash day, the full conception planning, so I never have to remind you ever again about garbage. Well, the problem was I couldn't let go. So I was stalking him and sort of walking around the house, seeing if he was going to take out the garbage. I would put garbage liners on top of the sink. Sometimes I would even open up the drawer, you know, the door underneath the sink. So he would fall over the, the door, open door and not <laughs> see it because I wanted to make sure he remembered the garbage liners were under there. And so... We took a step back and I said, you know what? This is not just about handing out responsibilities. Let me go back to my 10 years of mediation experience and ask about values. So this book, Fair Play, is about having a values conversation over garbage. And what I mean by that is I said to Seth, I grew up in a single mom household. We didn't have a garbage can. We had one of those plastic bags that sat on a knob Mm -hmm. and garbage would spill out onto the floor. And I was a dehydrated child because I was afraid to go into the kitchen at night because in the Lower East Side of New York City, we have a big water bug and cockroach problem. And when you have garbage out, you turn on that light, you're going to see hundreds of cockroaches and water bugs. So I'm triggered by garbage. Mm. And my husband said to me, well, I lived in a fraternity and my pizza, uh, a Domino's pizza <laughs> box everywhere. was my pillow. Right. You know, I, li- I slept on a Domino's pizza box. I don't really care about garbage the way you do. So what happens, right, when you're at such different points? Well, then I ask you to bring in what works for the legal system, the medical system, a trillion-dollar tort system in our country. What's reasonable? What is your minimum standard of care? And so we had a whole conversation where he said, I get that you care about garbage. I want to hold the garbage card. But what's reasonable is it goes out once a day, and you don't stalk me over it. And it'll go out at 7 p.m. I'll put it in my calendar like a work appointment as long as you never mention the word garbage ever again. And since then, garbage has been going out in my household at 7 p.m. every single night. But it took a values conversation over garbage. We don't communicate like that. Right. But what if we did? What if I had you sit down and play the game and have you have got values conversations over garbage? I promise you I'll learn more about your household and how you discuss garbage than I will for any other esoteric relationship question I can ask you. And so when you do that card game, is that something where, okay, the garbage card, this one represents garbage. 
do does he hold that forever or is it something that you do or every month we just do the card game again we might have different tasks or how does that work every week every week every week just like your workplace you treat your home like your most important organization we have feedback everywhere else we have clear expectations everywhere else even my aunt marion's mahjong group you don't bring snack twice you're kicked out (laughs) we have no expectations of each other in the home you play every week you sit down for your check-in every week. And as my favorite behavioral economist, back Dan Ariely, he says you do it with short-term reward substitution. Do it over margaritas. Do it over watching your favorite Netflix show where you say we're not going to start watching together until we do our check-in. Mm-hmm. Eventually, after about a month, it becomes a habit. It takes about a month to develop a habit. And then you get into these conversations where you say things like, oh, I want to redeal the school forms card this week. Because I'm out of town. Right. And you can, t- and you, or you say things like, I said to my husband, a rat coming your way. Can you please pick up cash for me? But at least he can laugh about it now because mm-hmm. before all I did was give him the random assignment of a task for every single thing. But when you bring ownership in, when you have values conversations over things like garbage or dishes or transporting <laughs> your kids to school, things change. And that's what I got to see in my beta testers all over the country. All right, now let me ask you this. Let me take it a step deeper. If, okay, say you do that, right? We we distribute the cards every week, but I, I so I get a task that maybe Jana has typically usually done in the past, but I choose to do it differently because it's how I would like to execute it. Well, now what if that, that comes becomes an issue where Jana's like, why would you put the kids' clothes like this? Why would you do it like that? Can I just intercept really fast? Yeah. So um, we have... Um, a nanny that helps their kids and the way that she folds because I, I primarily do the kids laundry 99% of the time but sometimes she'll do it and the way that she folds my son's t-shirts drives me crazy because that's not the way that I fold them so I just had a conversation I was like hey do you mind you know not folding the shirts like that um, I know you were trying to reorganize it but it just doesn't work for me well I go back in and she's like oh my gosh absolutely but then I go back in and I love you Kylie you're amazing but like they're like that again so I feel like I have to have another conversation and in my mind I'm like well I just would rather do it but I think it's I don't know what you were going to say to his question but I feel like if I said what I said to our nanny at first being like hey just so you know like I love it when the like for example I hate the way that he folds towels <laughs> That you're never going to give him the laundry card. But okay. guess the good so news is there's 99 other cards in the in the system where you can give it to him. Okay. If something's a real trigger for you, again, you can tell I mean, I'm not like again. emotionally triggered. It's just more of like an annoyance. You know what I mean? Because right. I'm like, I can't see the t-shirts. Like how, and the, 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 the way that he folds the towels doesn't go in our baskets. <laughs> like. But back to your why, right? Yeah. Even if you're communicating to your nanny about that, it's when you can give the why behind it, mm-hmm. it's much better. Like, hey... You know, it's hard when we have a lot of T-shirts here. And so when we fold this way, there's actually more maximum capacity in this drawer. And so it allows our kids to be able to see what they want to wear. And we're trying to teach them to choose their own clothes. You go back to your why when you communicate. Because if you just say, I like things this way because that's why, it doesn't work for other human beings. which Which is what I think a lot of, for you, it is. What? It's your why might be because that's how you like things. It doesn't. When I, like, the towels, no, because the way that it's folded, it doesn't fit into the the um, which What's that called? The linen closet. Yeah. So that's why I don't like them. 
because they like hang over. Right. But that, but again, but that's a valid thing, right? To say, I'd like my, my closet to close. Mm-hmm. And this is why I do things this way, right? But th- we don't have those types of conversations. But the good news is, for example, I love what I call the card, the VIP gifts, very important people gifts, like gifts I give to friends and to, and to colleagues. And so I'll probably always hold that card because I have a certain way I love to give gifts. And, but again, it's about looking at your deck together. You build it together. You say what matters to you together. But all I'll say to you is the more time you spend stressing over how something is folded, the less time you have to spend on your self-care, your adult friendships, your time to devote to your career, your time to devote to your children, to meaningful connections with other people. And so I do think that it's great to step back and say, what do we really value? But I know you were talking about the the um, the um, trash, but so if he wasn't doing the cards, then what's the conversation there? Because then that would be frustrating. Well, there's a trust issue, right? This is about the presenting problem is not the real issue, problem. So it's not really about the garbage. It was for me. It was about my trust in my husband. Is he going to do it? Well, I'm saying like and if I was, they don't yes, do it, you know exactly. So women ask me that all over the time, and this is the back to my love letter to men. I don't find that they don't do it. I find that they don't bring home glue sticks because they have no context for those requests. But when you give men full ownership, which is how we do things in our organizations. Netflix, for example, they have something called the rare responsible person. You don't wait to be told what to do, but you're also given context, not control. When you Apple coined a term called directly responsible individual, where someone is responsible in their workplace for the conception to planning to the execution. That's how our workplaces, our most successful workplaces are operating. So when you bring that context in and the ownership, and when men understand that there is conception and planning behind getting the mustard, things start to change just like they do in the workplace. And what I find is that men don't forget when they have ownership. They actually take pride in their cards. Back to my love letter to men. My husband doesn't forget. He doesn't forget now, but it takes time. It takes the check-ins. And the most important piece of feedback for women is no feedback in the moment. So if your spouse didn't fold the towels right and you did give him the laundry card, if you're going to say, Jesus, you didn't fold the towels right, I knew it, nothing will change in your habits in your home. If you wait for that check-in, like you were asking me before, your, your, your weekly check-in, and you sit down and you say, this is what was great this week, and this is what sort of was, you know, a little tricky for me, men are much more willing to hear it. Because when emotion is low, cognition is high. We can have really constructive conversations over margaritas as opposed to in the moment. But I would say that was probably the hardest thing for my beta testers, for women to say, I can hold my feedback. But it is not constructive. It actually was 20 pages of my book. My editor kept making me cut it down because she said, you can't spend 20 pages trying to convince women not to give feedback in the moment. I'll give you five pages to make your case. So I do it through psychology through behavioral economics and through my lens, which is legal and mediation. And that's, I think that's a fantastic point for people to take with them because I've said this to Jana numerous times where anytime she would make a comment after I did something like I didn't grab this or I forgot that it makes me feel like she's focused on what I'm not doing as opposed to what I am doing. Like I've said that until I've been blue in the face to her. But but I just think it's a great point, not just for women, but I think for men too, just 
a testament to kind of your science behind it, Eve, is like that. I know for me, that's how I would receive it better because I won't yes. go into my like, I'm not doing a good job. I'm not good enough. And I can't even <laughs> do this right. And it's like, what else now? It's really hard. It's a really hard communication tool to learn. Um, but when you can get it down, so I'm, t- I'm telling people not to eat sugar. I'm giving them the South Beach diet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little different, right? It's, it's not the way we normally do things. But again, it's also because I don't think we treat our home with any respect. Well, I'm going on Amazon think, right now yeah. and I'm going to yeah. order Fair Play. It's a game-changing solution thank for when you. you have too much to do and more life to live. Eve, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with us about your amazing book. I'm excited to read it because I think it can be even more helpful in our communication. Even though I feel like we do a great job, um, I think we could definitely use the the deck a little bit better. No, for sure. Read it together. Read it together. It's actually been really fun. And the last thing I'll just say to you is that I have over 300 emails just since the book has been released 10 days ago at info at Eve Rodsky. And the crazy thing about it is that it's 70% men. Mm. 70% of men. And so again, this fair play started as my love letter to women including dedicated to my single mother who had to hold all the cards, but it ended up as a love letter to men because they're, they're responding and they want to know their role and they want to make their deep connections with their children and have a place in the home. And so I want to invite them into their full power in the home so that women can step into a full power in the world. That's what this is about. Absolutely. And Eve, where else can our listeners find you? They can find me at Instagram at at Fair Play Life. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you, Eve, Thank so much. You, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, have you ever dreamed of being a character on Grey's Anatomy or, I don't know, let's say a contestant on The Bachelor? Well, there is an app that lets you do all that and more. It's called Choices. It's these amazing stories, but you are actually in the story and actually make choices along the way. So for example, one story is called Open Heart. Okay, you get to live with your friends in your first year of residency. You can focus on romance, medicine, or both, and it's so fun either way. And there's a story called America's Most Eligible, where you try to build relationships with the other contestants and try to land the man of your dreams. And those are just two. There's a bunch, okay? There's Royal Romance, which is like the Princess Diaries. Love that one. Uh, There's a story called Baby Bump, one called The Royal Masquerade. It's free and you are in control. Plus, there are super cute outfits that are totally customizable. Hot love interests. Sorry, babe. Lots of romance. It's kind of the perfect app for wind down listeners. Be sure to check it out in the App Store and search for choices. Stories you play. Halloween is on the way, which means it's time to break out the rubber spiders, fake cobwebs, and jack-o'-lanterns. But if you've got a family, you might be dealing with something a little scarier right now. Shopping for life insurance. Honestly, even talking about life insurance scares me. It's just like Halloween. Mike's NFL insurance just ran out, so it's been kind of a scary topic in the household, talking about all the insurance stuff. Life insurance, insurance, health insurance. um, And we've been trying to compare quotes, which is exciting. It's exciting but scary because we still feel young. And it's like, do we really need to talk about this? But we do. We do. And that's why we're so happy that we have Policy Genius. And Policy Genius is great too because it's not just about life insurance. They also do auto insurance and disability insurance. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online in minutes. And you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. 
Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all paperwork and red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home insurance, um, like I said, auto and disability. This October, take the scariness out of buying life insurance with Policy Genius. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Hey, Mark, we got any emails? Yeah, let me just summarize this one. Her name is V. She's a mail lady, and she listens to uh, Wind Down as she walks around delivering the mail, which is very... Uh, I love that thought, that she's walking around with her packages. And, um, she has gotten separated from her husband, and the reason wasn't cheating, although he has cheated before. It's because he, she found out he was still smoking. Mm. She lost her father to lung cancer, mm. and so when she started having kids, they both agreed, we are going to stop smoking. She said, I'm never going to do that because I feel like my father left me early because he couldn't stop smoking. She calls him selfish. And so the fact that my husband was still doing that, it kills me. But am I wrong for feeling this way? I've given him so many chances, but when is it time to say no more chances? I've been happier since I've been single, but we do still live together because I can't afford to live on my own. Hmm. So uh, what's her question? <laughs> is she out of line for, for leaving or separating because he won't stop smoking? And was hiding the smoking was from funny. her. I think there's a little bit of that, um, the, the discovery that we've talked about over the past few weeks when she discovered, and in the past she discovered him cheating, this time she discovered he was hiding smoking. I think it's kind of all tied together. The thing is, you know, nobody can uh, discredit or devalue what, uh, how something affects somebody else, right? So for this woman, for smoking, she clearly has a definite legitimate reason to be attached to it in the way that she is. So for her, that's way more impactful than it would be for maybe the next person. So we can't say if it's, you know, crossing the line or not. But if it's something that someone is that passionate about, I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, did you ever see that TV show with, uh, uh, was it um, Jennifer Aniston? He's just not that into you. And she breaks up. She ends up breaking up with her husband because he didn't want it. He, he didn't was, believe in married marriage. It was, well, well, no, he was hiding cigarettes. And she oh, found the pack that, of cigarettes. It wasn't. That was a. Uh, uh, no, it's the same movie. Right, but he's just not that into you. So right. I, yeah, I can't think of her name. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. So, but it was that movie where you know she's the hiding cigarettes. So it's I. I mean, I would. I totally get it. I mean, if you're that triggered by something, a hundred percent. I mean, that's. I remember I was dating someone. Guys don't like drugs, and I don't want to be with someone that does drugs. And if I found someone doing drugs, I called it off. You know, because I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's. Got different deal breakers. 100%. As long as you're clear about it, yeah. then I think you're totally justified. In and that. I'm sorry Absolutely. that they didn't respect that, and that you ha- are in that situation. That sucks. Uh, Brianna wants another baby. They've been together. With, she's with her fiance for six years. He's 11 years older. They have a four year old daughter, and, and a, he has a couple of sons from previous relationships. She wants more kids. He doesn't, and that's she thinks that's unfair that he's denying her the many kids that she wants to have. It's put a huge damper on their sex life. She doesn't want to have sex with them anymore. She feels like her body is different and she could literally go the rest of her life without it. But since I won't have sex with him, and he, or he sees that I'm just not enjoying it, he accuses me of cheating, which I would never do. I love him, but not having another baby is a really big deal to me and I don't know how to get over that. I think it's one of those things, if, if it's that much of a deal breaker, you have to you don't want to resent him for the rest of your life. So if you feel like you're going to resent him for the rest of your life and withhold certain things because that's what you want, then that's not healthy for either one of you. And if you, my opinion, I'm like, if I really want another baby and that's something that I just couldn't get over, well, then that would be something that I would have to 
decide whether or not I would want to lose the marriage or not. Yeah. And also on the other side of it, you can't, I don't know if we could fully blame him because we don't know what kind of conversations they had around kids or family going into their marriage, into their relationship. Yeah. yeah and you know, maybe he told her it's like, and she expected him to change, but he didn't. So I mean, it's kind of the same thing. My brother was semi going through and I don't want to get into all of his stuff, but it's same thing where it's like, you know, he has a vasectomy and his girlfriend who we all love wants a baby. And I get why she would break up with him. Because she wants a kid. And I'm like, well, and, you know, my brother was so distraught, so depressed. And I'm like, but Steve, you don't want another kid. I can't blame her for leaving you. And I'm like, I love you. But like, I I can't, I can't blame her. Who can blame her? She wants to have children. You already have two grown ones and you don't want any more. I'm getting into it, clearly. Sorry, Steve. But (laughs) I just think to like, to the point, it's like, so I told my brother, I go, if you're willing to lose her, how much do you love her? Like, or would you, you know, do you love her enough to give her a child that you necessarily, he's like, I know I'd love the kid once I had it. I just don't know if I want another kid, but it's mm. like, but what are you willing to lose? Well, they had to do some compromising. I understand that. But like, still it's to that point where it's like, what are you willing, if you're, if they're willing to lose the other person, that says a lot. That says a lot about their feeling. Behind because it, I wouldn't, sure. yeah. Cause I'm like, if I really love someone, I might do something because I love them so much. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting topic. Um, all right, we have to go to fall festival. So love you guys. Drunk or treat, drunk, drunk or treat. treat with the kiddos. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you next week. All right. Looking our best means taking time for renewal, including skin renewal. But anti-aging retinol can be harsh and irritating. Well. Burt's Bees, my faves, have found nature's gentle yet powerful retinol alternative, Bacuchiol, and has made it the key ingredient in their Burt's Bees Renewal Skincare line, which includes a firming moisturizing cream, refining cleanser, and more, all formulated without parabens, phthalates, SLS, and petrolatum. Go to burtsbees.com slash renewal and take time for renewal today. Every shelter pet is unique. Some love a good game of fetch. Others would rather snuggle together with you on the couch. However, there is one thing that they all have in common. They are all pure love. And right now, millions of pets in shelters and rescues across the country are waiting to be adopted. Did you know that only 44% of dogs and 47% of cats in American homes come from animal shelters and rescue groups? The unique quality of each and every shelter pet adds up to an incredible bond between every shelter pet and every pet's parent. If you're thinking about getting a pet, make sure to visit theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States.